be seated. Hey, I want to thank you for being here, or wherever you are online. Uh, thank you for uh, deciding to be a part of our uh, worship celebration. Appreciate you being here. Uh, so we're in a series called uh, Asking for a Friend. Uh, sometimes our questions are so personal and private, and let's just face it, sometimes we have embarrassing questions, and we don't really want to ask them for ourselves so that people think that we're the one with the problem. Uh, we want to ask them for a friend. You know, like, here are a few that may make you smile. I don't know. It depends on your attitude. Uh, let me see. I'm in the right place, aren't I? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm in the right place. It's always good to know that. Uh, if, if I don't see anyone I know today, can I wear the same clothes tomorrow? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Uh, I actually saw this one. Somebody was asking for a friend. Does anyone know if we can take showers yet? Or should we just keep washing our hands? <laughs> Oh, by, by, by the way, how many days can I go without a shower uh, asking for a friend? Um, do you want that last slice of pie? I'm just asking for a friend. Uh, so that, guess what? This week's question, this week's question is asking for a friend, uh, what can I do? What can I do when I feel so broken? What can I do when I feel so broken? Well, I'm going to get there eventually. Hang on. We're going to go We're going to go somewhere. It seems like we're going somewhere else first, but hang in there. I want you to understand first of all that we are all crushed by a load of guilt and shame. We are not holy and we are not whole. All of us are broken. There are no exceptions. There are no exemptions. There are no exclusions. We are all broken. We, we can be aware of the brokenness. In fact, it's very easy for us to be aware of the brokenness in other people. And at the same time, be blind to the brokenness in our own lives thinking, well, I have my act together. I wish everybody else would get theirs together. Now, let's just look at a few telltale signs uh, that, that you, you and I, I'm going to address them to you, but I'm speaking to me as well, okay? Uh, so, so, so telltale signs that we're blind to our brokenness. Uh, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, it's been a rough day week, month, year, whatever. It's been a rough week. I deserve... You can fill in the blank. Because usually whatever follows that spells trouble. Not always, but usually. You know, it's been a rough week. I deserve... You, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, I learned a long time ago not to do, you can fill in the blank, and, and yet you're still doing it. 
I learned a long time ago not to hold a grudge. But I'm never going to talk to them again. Okay. Uh, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, I'm dealing with this stress very well. And you end up in the hospital with ulcers or heart problems. Uh, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, I forgave them years ago as you reach for another whatever. You fill in the blank, right? Yeah, I forgave them. And they're not me anymore. Okay, see, now you know my problem. It's pretty obvious. Uh, you, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, I, I don't want to talk about that. We can talk about anything but that. You may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, those people are so messed up, I'm glad I'm not like them. You may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, I don't have a problem. It's all those other people. Uh, you, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, well, it's your fault or their fault that I'm acting like this. I always like to respond. You know, inside, whenever I hear that kind of thinking, I want to go, wow, that means I can make you stop doing that? Because if I can, stop it. Just stop it. For those of you who like to do Google and want to smile, and those of you who like Bob Newhart, Google Bob Newhart Counseling. And if you're not sure, just look for Just Stop It. You'll get a good laugh. All right? Uh, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, uh, I promise to do better in the future simply to get people off your back. Knowing full well you have no intention of doing it. You just want them to shut up and leave you alone. You, you may be ignoring your brokenness if you say, Hey, it's my life, I can do whatever I want. But why do we fall into this trap? Why, why do we choose to live in brokenness and denial? Well, there's a whole range of reasons for refusing to face our brokenness. Uh, we don't want to face the pain. I, I mean, what? I've never had a broken arm. I'm thankful for that. I do believe I've had a broken nose, uh, a steering wheel, fell asleep on the. Uh, you know, on the way home from third shift work while I was doing full-time shift, third shift, full-time college work, for some reason I thought I could do without sleep, and my body decided to catch up on the way home from work. And uh, the, 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 I remember going through a stoplight, and then three blocks later, my steering wheel was smashing my nose and waking me up. And how I got there. Uh, Anytime something's broken, it hurts. That much I know. I, I don't have broken knees, technically. 
I have a broken back, technically, but it hurts, right? But we don't want to face the emotional pain that comes with our, uh, with our brokenness. Refusing to acknowledge that something is wrong is really a way of coping with emotional conflict, stress, painful thoughts, threatening information, and anxiety. Uh, sometimes in the short term, it's not a bad thing, you know, because sometimes you just can't deal with it at the moment. But when it becomes our lifestyle, then we get in trouble. And you can be a, in, in denial about anything, you, anything that makes you feel vulnerable or sensitive <coughs> challenges your sense of control. Because we want to be in control. Uh, sometimes we also want to avoid uh, positive feelings. Uh, that sounds weird, but let me explain what I mean. Sometimes we, uh, we use denial to hide, you know, for, from the negative emotions, obviously, like shame and fear and guilt and distress, but we can also use it to, to stifle healthy pride and a sense of accomplishment and uh, those kinds of things because if we accept the fact that I really did a good job, I have to change the way I think about me because I think I'm a loser. I've always thought I was a loser. And if I start to think positive things about myself, I'm gonna have to re-examine the whole thing. So I just assume, well, I, I, I'm sure it may look to you like I did a good job, but actually I'm pretty sure that I screwed it up badly. If you give me long enough, I'll figure out how. We might deny our brokenness because it seems normal. There's a lot, because we're all broken, there's a lot of things that seem normal in our world that are really broken. And, and why everybody else is like this, so... It's just something that runs in my family, so we might avoid confessing our hurts, hang-ups, and habits uh, because accepting responsibility for them is terrifying. I mean, if I admit I have an issue that I need to deal with and come to grips with the idea that I can actually do something about this with God's help, got to do something. That's scary. See, we live in a culture that evolves uh, uh, one of the things we, we worry about at church folks is, is that we live in a culture that's uh, a little messed up on some doctrine and some, some moral issues, right? And those things are bad. I'm not saying they're not. Uh, but we live in a world that uh, Paul described as having a reprobate mind, a futile mind, uh, a morally insane mind is what he was trying to say. And, and we all are caught up in that to some degree or another. There's a complex, pervasive confusion everywhere about first who God is, who we are as individuals, and who 
we are as human beings. We, we're, we're absolutely confused. We're confused about what we've experienced and about what reality actually is. And it's normal. And well, the moment we begin to challenge normal, everybody around us gets uncomfortable. That's to, that's to put it mildly. Some people get downright nasty angry. Because if you understand that what everybody thinks is normal isn't normal, and you start sharing, you know, for me, this is really out here. I don't think so. I, this is not right. Then there are going to be people going, who do you think you are telling us that we're not normal? Well, you know, I didn't tell you that you weren't normal. I'm just not normal when I'm doing that, okay? Um, and, and we try to deny that the, really the core issue is down inside, we are all messed up. We have shame and guilt problems. And that's scary. We, we have inadequate ideas. We have some inadequate ideas about our brokenness too. You know, one of them is if I just ignore it long enough, it'll go away. You know, like the, the people who suggest putting tape over the warning lights on the dashboard. You know, that check engine light, if I can't see it, it really isn't on. You know, if the oil pressure light is, 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 is if I don't see it, it's not really on. If we have that kind of attitude in our own actual lives and the way we're acting, it's going to go away if I ignore it. Two things are going to happen. It's not going to go away, and your engine's going to blow up. Oh, that's if you ignore the oil light. Uh, it, it, if I just set some rules, I can make sure that this never happens again. If I just set up some rules, I'll make sure that that never happens again, that I never act like I'm broken again. Or, or we can say, no one is ever going to understand what I'm going through, so it's just hopeless. Uh, and then there's the one that we as church folks fall into really easy. I'll just try harder. Uh, if I give more, if I give more to my time or more of my money, I, that'll take care of this. Or if I pray more, uh, more intensely, with more volume, with more tears, with more hours put in, with more, with more, with more. If I read my Bible more, uh, my father uh, was working on his uh, life story um, in the years uh, before he passed away. And uh, one of the things he told me about was my great-grandfather, his grandfather, who raised him. Uh, my father was pretty sure that there were some areas of his life where great-grandfather uh, was rebelling against Jesus. 
But to make up for it, he read the Bible, the entire Bible, five times a year. <laughs> like, somehow God's going to go, oh, well, you can disobey me here because, man, you practically memorized my Bible. Whoa, that's so cool. That doesn't happen, by the way. Uh, we, we get this idea if I just do more or try harder that somehow that's going to fix it. Not going to fix it. And some of us have the attitude, well, I have my ticket to heaven. It's punched and I'm on the train and I'm just waiting for it to get there. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be okay. True. As far as it goes. But if you're not okay between here and there, what's going to happen to the people around you? Now we have these, these, these excuses and basically they boil down to I'm afraid of what I'm going to find if I face my fears and, uh, and I face my brokenness and, and I'm afraid of... Uh, uh, think of, of what other people might think and I just think of if I just do these things or uh, we, it gets us stuck now see this is November when I first started thinking about this, this I was thinking about us spinning our wheels in a pile of snow and denial and yet pff, it's summer in Michigan here today in November who would have thought uh, but sometime Sometime in the future, you, or sometime in the past, we've all had that wonderful experience of being in a car or a vehicle, and the more gas you give it, the faster the wheels go, and you go nowhere. Well, when we settle for these poor ideas and these excuses for not facing our brokenness and ignoring it, we just spinning our wheels in, on, on, in this pile of denial. We're not going anywhere and we're not helping anybody. We're not helping ourselves and we're not being what God created us to be. We're stuck. So back to the question. What can I do when I feel so broken? Well, one of the first things I want to let you know is that the Holy Spirit does not desert us and leave us alone to deal with our brokenness on our own. At the end of his first letter to the church in the city of Thessalonica, Paul wrote these words. It's a prayer, a prayer of blessing. May God himself the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. Right? It says it right there. If you look it up, it says the same thing in your Bible. Oh, 
We might think, and we might want to think, that, that God made all the changes in our lives He ever needed to make at some time in the past. You know, I, I, I prayed a prayer, I prayed the sinner's prayer to ask Jesus to forgive me and to come into my life, and I got everything I needed then. Or since we're in the Wesleyan holiness, you know, we might think, you know, I, I, after that, sometime later, I prayed a prayer and asked, and gave myself all to God and asked Him to fill me with His Holy Spirit and to cleanse me and to help me from that point on to always want to obey Him. And, and I, I, so I got it together. Or we might think, well, I know I'm messed up now, but someday in the future, it's all going to be fixed. But right now, right here, God is making everything holy and whole. Did you hear what he said as we began this service? The one who sits on the throne says, I am making all things new. Not I will be, not I did, I am making all things new. He is preparing us for the day when we meet Jesus face to face. And he finalizes the process. So yes, someday we will have it, we'll be like Jesus. When we see him, we will be like him. That's our promise. But until then, we have a whole lot of work to do. Okay, so what can I do when I feel so broken? Trust God. Trust the God who makes all things holy and whole. That's what he does. When you feel broken, it's an opportunity for you to say, I need help, Lord. So here's the sermon in a sentence for the day. Right here, right now, God invites you to cooperate with his desire to make you holy and whole. Yes, it's scary. Let's just be honest. It's scary. It's a never-ending process, at least on this side of uh, life, you know. When we graduate, that's different. But at this point, it's, there's always going to be something to work on. So what can I do when I feel broken? So I'm going to give you three things. First, discern the source of your feeling. There are some different reasons that you, may, uh, you and I may feel like we're really broken. One of the ways is just a negative, nagging feedback loop that's deep in our brains. So you might want to stop and ask, is this just a bunch of stuff that I've picked up over the years that tells me that I'm useless, worthless, <coughs> helpless, hopeless, never going to amount to much? Always going to be a... Is that that negative, nagging feedback loop? If it is, it's still an opportunity to go to the Holy Spirit and say, wow, I'm really getting tired of this. Is there something we can do about this? 
Because I'm pretty sure this is not the way Jesus wants to talk to me. Second thing, you can ask, is it the accuser's voice? The accuser will love, loves to, to jump onto that negative, nagging feedback loop and join in with ideas like, you are such a loser. There is no hope for you. You will never change. I don't know why you keep trying to follow Jesus because it, it's hopeless. It's, mm -hmm. you, you're going to be the first person he can't help. Trust me, I can tell. The, the first thing that you should never do is listen to a snake telling you how bad you are and asking you to trust it. That made me smile. Okay? So, it's discern the source. Is, is, it my, is it my own negative feedback in my own mind that's deep down in my brain? Or is it the, the accuser's voice? Or is it the Holy Spirit? I can tell you how you can tell if the Holy Spirit's doing it. He'll always say something along these lines. Let's work on this. We can do this. Come on. We can work on this so that you can experience the holiness and the wholeness that I want you to have. So first, discern where it's coming from. Second, declare your gratitude to the Holy Spirit. Thank the Holy Spirit for the gift of recognizing your brokenness. As long as you don't know you're broken, you can't be fixed. As long as you don't know you're broken, you can't turn to Jesus for holiness and healing and wellness. You can't turn to Him. It is a gift of grace when the Holy Spirit says to you, hey, let's work on this. It's a gift of His love. It is, His grace is unmerited favor. His grace is something that we have not earned and that we do not deserve. One, one, one theologian put it this way, grace is something you can never get but can only be given. There's no way to earn it or deserve it or bring it about any more than you can deserve the taste of raspberries and cream or bring about your own birth. Put it another way, grace is God's unconditional love and acceptance for us. Unconditional. That love is the foundation for healing for all of our brokenness. And it's the essence of who He is. God is love. Not warm, gushy feelings. It's the love that will do whatever it needs to do for the benefit of somebody else, regardless of the cost or their response. I know. That's an awful lot to pack into one little word, isn't it? <clears throat> but that's the way God loves us. Freely. Unconditionally. Not because He has to. <sighs> I guess. That's not God. God loves us because He does. That's what He does. That's who He is. 
We need to get a hold of this idea. You simply cannot do anything that will shrink or boost God's love for you. Wish I could tell my great-grandfather. Yeah, I know you're probably rebelling against Jesus in this area of your life. And that's really a bummer. Because it's hurting you and a lot of other people. But God doesn't love you less because you're rebellious. And he certainly doesn't love you more because you read your Bible through five times a year. He just loves you. Period. So discern the source of that feeling of brokenness. Declare your thanks to the, just thank the Holy Spirit for bringing to the awareness of this. That's the only way you can ever deal with it. And then three, determine what your next step toward becoming holy whole needs to be. Ask the Holy Spirit, what, what do I do next? What do I do? Do I need to, you know, how, how do I even, how do I approach this? What do I do? Do I need to go read some books? Do I need to get into a support group? Do I need to get a counselor? Do I need to, to, to get two or three friends to help me and hold me accountable and encourage me? What do I have to do? What's my next step? <clears throat> right here, right now, God invites you to cooperate with His desire to make you holy and whole. That's His invitation. Some of you have heard this prayer, or a portion of it, perhaps. Uh, it's called the Serenity Prayer. Um, when it comes to those times when we feel so broken, this is a good prayer for us. And so I'm going to pray it for us this morning. God, give me the grace. Give us the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. The courage to change the things that should be changed. And the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship and pain as a pathway to peace, taking this sinful world as Jesus did, just the way it is, not, not as I wish it was, but as it is, and trusting that you will make all things right, that you are making all things new. I surrender to your will. so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for uh, being part of the worship celebration this morning. Um, remember, we're here to infuse people with the hope of Jesus. 
haven't done this for a while, this is my prayer for you. May God, who puts all things together, who makes all things whole, who made a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of His blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus, our great shepherd, up and alive from the dead. May the true, living God put you together, provide you with everything you need to please Him. May God make us into what gives Him the most pleasure by means of the sacrifice of Jesus, our Messiah, our King, our Master, all glory to Jesus forever and ever, always. Yes, yes, yes. You are sent with the Spirit's powerful presence. Go in the name of Jesus. <laughs>